hello there. My name's Chris Casso, and uh, I am a writer and creator at trustyhenchman.com. Oh, I thought there was more to that. <laughs> you said you had a whole thing. <laughs> no, once once we get the episode started. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay, well... <laughs> Hello, I'm Nicole Lamb, former retail manager of Corner Comics, and I am the Scholar of Smut. Oh, you know what? You're right. I forgot my my title. Yeah, you said there was like a whole thing. <laughs> okay, we're just waking up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I was like, what? You like looked through paperwork and everything to be like, what was that thing that I called myself? <laughs> it was the Ambassador of Destruction. Oh, okay. So the, like, you want to do the intro again? <laughs> no, because I think this is pretty gold right here. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so anyway hi hello welcome this is our to... podcast yes <laughs> <laughs> this is our pad po- podcast this is our podcast we should write this down and i have a lot of editing to do welcome uh, to episode nine just let it fly just let it fly <laughs> So I thought I would uh, tell you about this dream I had last night. And uh, basically, Michael Caine uh, was like a retired bodyguard. And he had to come out of retirement to protect like the daughter of a senator who was Mila Kunis. But Mila Kunis already had a bodyguard. It was Wolverine. Except Wolverine was Danny DeVito. Oh my god. <laughs> and Michael Caine and Danny DeVito did not like each other at all. And this is current Michael Caine and Danny DeVito, so two crusty old white men. And I would like to point out that the night before, or that night, or whatever, I watched two episodes back-to-back of Star Trek The Next Generation, which both featured the beautiful Roe Laren, played by Michelle Forbes, and my brain instead decided to give me a dream starring Danny DeVito and Michael Caine. And sure, <laughs> Mila Kulinus was there, but she wasn't doing much. <laughs> and it's just like, come on, man, you, you missed the opportunity. You had some row, you had Ensign Row. Go for yeah. it. Like, that's some good Bajoran, like, that's some good Bajoran, yo. That's a good Bajoran, yo. <sighs> yeah, so, yeah, even your mind subconsciously. Just really Just, doesn't want you to be happy. <laughs> no, seriously. Here, have some. I mean, Michael Caine is Michael Caine. That's pretty great, and sure. and he was pretty sassy. Sure. But uh, but when you're looking at Danny DeVito in a Wolverine outfit, uh, oh god. Yeah. So moving on, how are you doing? It's like the Charlie Brown of X Men, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means in context to the statement, but I appreciate it. You know, the one that everyone is like, this is terrible. Why does this person exist? Because that's pretty much what Charlie Brown is. But it's like the worst Wolverine. Are you, okay, but you're saying Danny DeVito. Why does Danny DeVito exist? Because he is a blessing. <laughs> We, we he need is a to blessing, but that. in a uh, Wolverine costume, he is a curse. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Good point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the Charlie Brown but part. <laughs> every time the Sentinels attack, he could just be there saying, in these trying times, may I offer you an egg? You know? <laughs> you gotta pay the toll for this boy's hole, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why do I always have to make it inappropriate? <laughs> Because、Jesus. you're you. I know. You can't take me anywhere. That's why、mm-hmm. I stay at home. Hey, <laughs> perfect. Yeah.、Uh, so, what you been up to? Well, I've actually been reading a lot of like regular comics that aren't smut. Amazingly,、oh, okay. um, <gasps> I know it doesn't make any sense.、Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> we've been we've we've both been working through Berserk so that we could do another Berserk episode as a reread. So I've been doing that and. I've been reading、uh, *Decorum* by Jonathan Hickman, which is really cool, and Mike Huddleston.、Um, huge fan of Huddleston's art. Super psyched that he's doing interiors. And yeah, yeah. With a weird Hickman story, it's perfect because Huddleston can just go all over the place with his art and make all、yeah. these really weird characters and stuff. So that's cool. And reading some manga. The thing that brings me the absolute most joy in this world is a series. Called Sweat and Soap,、mm-hmm. and it is a little smutty. It's technically mature, and there's people doing it, but it's not.、Um, it's it's like Sunstoney, you know, where it's like people are kind of doing it, but it's not.、Uh, it's not graphic. Yeah, it's not graphic, really.、Mm-hmm. It it focuses on two people who work at this、uh, soap company, and one of the the people is this woman As- Asako who loves all of the soaps. She loves them so so much. She's so proud to be. She's like an an accountant in the in the firm. She also sweats a lot, and she's always been very self conscious about it. She's never really dated. You know, she's just really embarrassed and really self conscious. So it's kind of held her back, and she's a little mousy, you know.、Mm-hmm. And、um, the other person in it, this is hetero, so it's actually weird for me to be reading it. But、um, <coughs> is it Ned?、Uh, what's his name? Why can't I remember it? Guy, soap. He's、man. very cute.、Um, cute soap boy. So her name is Asako、um, Yeshima, and he is Kotaro Natori. So he's the one who makes the soaps. Like he's、okay. the one who designs them. He's got a real nose for it. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so he's really、um, sensitive. His his senses are really sensitive, and、um, it's kind of his fetish actually is some sense stuff, which you don't really get that until they have an interaction. He gets a whiff of her somehow, and I guess she's like looking at soaps, and she's feeling like really happy. And he gets—it's I guess it's a pheromony type thing, maybe you know, like you, you make smells, maybe I don't know. Do do humans do that anymore? Maybe. Pheromones, anyway, maybe. he gets like really into it, and he's just like, oh my god, and he's like, well, like we like we got to get together. And it's actually a bit aggressive in the beginning, where you're like, whoa, dude, that's a little creepy. But、mm-hmm. then he was just like, oh shit, sorry, uh, sorry. Uh, that was really inappropriate, you know. And she's kind of like, "Oh, this guy who's like he makes the soaps. Like, how exciting! He's like interested in me and stuff." And it's like their blossoming relationship and his obsession with her sense. And it actually turns out to be extremely sweet and really healthy. Because I was afraid it was going to be like stalkery. Draw well, not really, because it, it 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 makes sure that it it takes that down. Pretty、okay. immediately, like he's、Good. aggressive, but then he like steps back, and then he's you know trying to be a lot more respectful and like understand that he kind of loses a bit of control around her, and that's a thing like he has to always be in check with、mm-hmm. and be aware of her <laughs> scent. Her scents are just so alluring for him, I guess.、Gotcha. You know, 
But it, it ends up just being really, really sweet. Them just trying to figure out, like, she's trying to deal with her self-consciousness and, like, her confidence levels and stuff like that. And he's trying to control his <laughs> his kink, <laughs> I guess, in a way. But uh, also just their, like, day-to-day lives and stuff. It just is so delightful. I can't even... I don't even know how to describe it to really, like, sell it. Mm. But uh, it's so stinking good. And, you know, it's sexy, ah. too. What One thing I found interesting is that they go on a date and then she's like... Yeah, let's uh, let's like go hook up or something, and it's not really a thing, and and they're like they're starting to get it on, and he's like, wait, is this like your first time? And she's like, uh, yeah, and he's like, okay, like, all right, that's cool, you know, and it's just not really a thing, which I really <laughs> appreciate because there's always this this thing in stories, especially with women, where it's you know virginity is this like sacred thing, and let me tell you, it's not sacred, okay. <laughs> Uh, people should be, you know, respected for what they for what they want, what they're comfortable with, when they're ready. All that type of stuff, I think, is extremely important. But that's important whether you're a virgin or not. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So, but it's just interesting that there is just no emphasis on that. And I don't know if that's a thing that's that's in like the culture, or if that's just a thing that the writer is just like whatever. You right, know, that, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> that writer was just like, I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's just not a it's not a big deal, which I really appreciate. So that's just brought me great joy. And I finished volume three. And of course, I did it in one sitting. And then uh-huh. I was like, oh, man, I'm gonna have to wait for volume four. And volume four is waiting for me at Kino Kunia right now. So I'm gonna go tomorrow and pick it up. Nice. <laughs> also, I'm gonna get um, Saki the Succubus Hungers Tonight volume two. So that's mm. more smut. <laughs> it's just like boobs <laughs> everywhere in that comic. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a whirlpool of slut, of smut. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whirlpool slut. <laughs> hey, that's that's a, that's a new kind of ghost that we should introduce. The whirlpool slut. <laughs> I don't know what does that slut do. Uh, Make you feel really relaxed. Yes, I guess. I, I all I want to say is tumble dry and. I don't know why. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) (sighs) After after your liaison with the whirlpool slut, uh, (laughs) then you just got to continue that liaison with the tumble dry to just, you know, dry dry off from the encounter. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You can't be left soggy after that, you know. Uh, You'll still be a bit soggy during that tumble dry, but, you know. Uh, yeah. Hey, well, we're we're in good form so far, I think. Yeah. Um. Now let's see here. I didn't have any immediate fan fictioning to try and create, even though I kind of did with the uh, uh, Danny DeVito Wolverine there. <laughs> but uh, what I'll talk about briefly is the one thing I did read in the past few days, which is the second volume of the Transformers manga. Yes. And uh, these things are bizarre. 
Oh, really? Um, they're, they're little short chapters, and these showed up, I think, in, like, magazines that were kind of like advertisements for the cartoons. And the thing is, like, they, at the first volume, you know, it's like, there's Optimus, there's Megatron, and they, like, go to Japan because, of course... But then, like, things quickly move on from Optimus and Megatron. You get, like, Rodimus and the others from, like, the, the movie. But then by the time you get the book, too, they're just kind of like, yeah, 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 Optimus, uh, we don't know, he's dead or something like that. And then you, you get, like, the, the headmasters and the pretenders. You keep getting new people introduced. But the thing I love in the first volume, or the first chapter, is that, they bring in the battle beasts and the thing is battle beasts in the states were not connected to transformers at all but i absolutely love them they're these little tiny plastic animals with like cybernetic weaponry on them and they each had like a, a sticker on their chest they had to hold your thumb down to and you'd either get the symbol for water fire or wood and it had one of the best 1980s toy commercials ever where they're fighting each other and the, the gimmick to playing with them as a child was essentially uh, rock, paper, scissors. And it's just like, fire beats wood, wood beats water, water beats fire. And they would just scream that in the commercial. And you never quite understand why wood beats water. Wood beats plenty of other things, but not water. Mm. And... It's whatever. But uh, the thing is, in Japan, they were just part of Transformers. So there's this whole chapter where uh, they're on this this planet, the nature planet. I don't know. And uh, the heroic battle beasts are led by Autobot Beast Supreme Commander White Leo, who is a lion with mecha armor and an eye patch. And the bad guy, the bad ones are like, there's an alligator dude. What was his name? Hold on here. Just a second. Decepticon beast leader, Alligatron. Yes. Yes. And like, there's this opening scene where he's riding on top of Predaking. And then there's a bunch of the uh, Sharkticons and they all have like battle beasts riding on their backs. And you're just like, damn, man, that's some cross pollination of your merchandise. <laughs> Um, but one of the things I love the most is the Autobots get tangled up in, like, sentient weeds, because that happens, and a human shows up, and he's like, I'm here to help you, my name is Kane, and they're like, but you're a human, and he's like, I was separated from my parents and raised by the Autobot beasts, now I'm a heroic Autobot, and they're like, okay, sure. And uh, he comes to help him, and then he just kind of jumps without, like, you know, waiting. And uh, the Autobots, one of them is just like, hmm, humans change based on their environment. Maybe if we let that weakling Daniel train here, he'd be a better human. And Daniel? <laughs> just, Daniel was like the son of Spike from the cartoon series. And Daniel's okay. like through here throughout this volume. And he's just like the annoying human that gets in the way. And But I just love the idea that maybe the Autobots are always just show, throwing shade. And they're just like, maybe that weak-ass piece of shit Spike <laughs> might learn a thing or two if we throw him at a Sharkticon. And I just want the whole series to keep going like that. Where, <laughs> you know, Ironhide is just like, maybe I don't know that dumbass 
goddamn Daniel. Maybe if we gave him a gun, he'll be useful. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> That's my whole fan fiction, just throwing shade at the humans. Beautiful. <laughs> For a minute there, I was I was thinking that one of the robots was just named Daniel, which I thought was really hilarious, <laughs> too. Where it's just like, we It'd have be- Sharktocon, we have Megatron, <laughs> Daniel. Daniel. <laughs> just like, what? What happened with Daniel? <laughs> <laughs> He got he got on the wrong uh, uh, waiting list for the, yeah. the pre-established names. They're like, sorry, we don't have anything left but Daniel. What's what's a Daniel? What does Daniel transform into? A weak piece of shit. A weak piece of dumbass <laughs> shit. Uh, there's this whole section where Daniel, uh, weak ass Daniel, is hanging out with a, some of the Autobots in space, and there's a Decepticon named Six Shot. And like in the American cartoon, Six Shot's kind of like this this hard ass. He's a one of the most powerful Decepticons who transforms into like six different things. And in, in the first panel here, he's got like a carrying case full of bananas, and he's stealing bananas from the Autobots. And you're like, okay. And then uh, he disappears, but Daniel like hid on him, and they landed like on a planet that has like animals. And Six Shots just like I stole all the food to feed my animal friends, and Daniel's just like, "Oh, you're not such a bad guy." He's like, "I'm still a Decepticon. I hate the Autobots, and I'm going to do this shit." But you leave that wolf alone. I like that wolf. And then like a bunch of like cybernetic poachers show up or something, and they fight off and kill a bunch of them. And then he's just like, "Well, that's okay. We're good." I like you, Daniel. You're a weak piece of shit, but I like you. And uh, I, I'm going to abandon you on this planet now. But don't worry. I put out an SOS. You're A-OK. So there's just like this weird backstory where like six shots just kind of like Decepticons, but leave that puppy alone. Which that's a running theme once you get to IDW. Yeah. So you love yeah. this. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It's a bit uh, tedious because of the way it's paced. Um, and the thing is, like, they... Because they're essentially advertising the toys, they quickly leave behind other characters. So, like, the headmasters are a big deal for two chapters, and then they're just kind of like, goodbye. Um, and then it just kind of keeps happening like that. Um, what's interesting, though, what's interesting, though, is that so there's a lot of characters that were introduced here and were a big deal here and were almost never a big deal in the States. And names are a bit different. Like there's uh there's one headmaster named Bullhorn, and in the States he was renamed Hora Bull. You know, you get stuff like that. But the there's the young headmasters, which are all like children, who the Autobots get like three of them, and the Decepticons get three of them, and they're like three rowdy boys. They're just three like orphans who like I don't like people and you know what I just gonna what's this thing here Uh, screw these other kids they have rich parents and like we don't need school we can spend as much money as we want we just gotta be a little wild in the name of Decepticons and you're like huh okay and then they introduce two 
adult headmasters or power masters or whatever, God Force masters. Um, and one of them is called Mega and one is Giga. And they're a husband and wife who love each other very much. And they adopt the Rowdy Boys. And the thing is, Mega and Giga, they pilots a jet and a tank that both combine to form somebody called Overlord, who, if you read the IDW comics, is basically the Hannibal Lecter of their world. But he's just one person without, like, the humans. So you get all this, like, weird human stuff where they're just connected and, like, we must embrace the power of humans. And it's just like, uh, do you have to? Do you have to? And eventually, at a certain point... <laughs> It happened so quickly. Um, they defeat, like, one of the bad guys, and then all the humans lose their, like, armor and, and stuff, and they're like, what? What does this mean? And all the Autobots and Decepticons they're connected to show up together in one shot, and they're like, we're free! We don't have to be connected to you dumbasses no more! And we're gonna get off this goddamn planet, and we, oh, oh, we love you very much. You take care. You're always part of our family. And, <laughs> but but they get out of there as fast as they fucking can. <laughs> They're just like, oh, thank God, I'm not attached to this teenager no more. Yeah, even even like Overlord is there, and he's just kind of like, well. I mean, we're gonna go into space, and I'm still gonna fight to the bitter end against my rival, God Jinrai. But I'm going to do it with the memory of that mommy and daddy that were a part of me. It's a trip, yo. Weird. It is weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's a bit it's a bit tedious to work through. Is it um, just because it's like it's kind of that old way of doing stuff which can be kind of There's that, but there's also there's some cultural elements and mistranslations that are just like you're just that you need it simplified. Um, because while they're referring to God Force Jinrai superpower, you're not entirely sure like what the pretenders are doing over here and what about the headmasters, but then there's the junior headmasters, but then Godrai Jinvors combines with Leo Convoy, and Convoy Leo is also his own sentient creature. And like <laughs> there's there's uh Jinrai looks like Optimus Prime, but they're like He's not Optimus. He just looks like him. And that's why he's our leader. And you're like, ah, that doesn't sound like a good system. Isn't no. that a teenager? Um, <laughs> and then they're just like, our heroic leader Optimus. And there's statues everywhere. And you're like, ah, I'm guessing this is the movie continuity. So he totally is dead. You, you couldn't put Ultra Magnus in charge instead, or Hot Rod? Hot Rod's there, but he's Rodimus, but now he's in space. And then they're just like, there's the Space Army and the Earth Army. And you're like, it's just one army, yo. You're all Autobots. Get your, get your shit together. What are you all, a bunch of Daniels? <laughs> it's a whole bunch of Dan. Don't be a Daniel. Don't be a Daniel. Ugh. Sorry to the Daniels who may be out there listening. No, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure all the Daniels out there are like, no, we know about that Daniel. <laughs> that Daniel is a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So, so this is one of the interesting things I was trying to figure out. So, like in the case of the Battle Beasts, that is definitely a misfire on Hasbro, American Hasbro part, where they're just kind of like, what? We don't understand why these animals are part of Transformers. We're just going to repackage them as something else entirely. And it's just like, no, no, no. Cybernetic animals are legit, yo. 
you need to have that be part of the same thing. That's why they never took off as much. Mm. You have them as Transformers from the get-go, and they be part of the, the easy sell 10, 20 years down the line. But then you see the other part of stuff where they're just like, why, why do you have this guy named Jin Rai who's Optimus but not Optimus? You know what? He's just going to be Optimus when we bring him over. <laughs> so it's like, some of those decisions, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, those make sense. And definitely not trying to have a whole bunch of idiot teenagers be in charge of your goddamn alien space force. Ugh. Well, that was the good part about the IDW stuff, right? Because they're really, it was just really just robots. It wasn't really from, dealing with humans, right? From time to time, you get areas where they, they do have to get back to Earth and deal with Earth stuff. Um, or they took like one human with them or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or they introduce other alien species that you deal with. Uh, one of my favorite things during the IDW run was that they, uh, uh, at some point, Optimus went on kind of a pilgrimage because he didn't want to be like the chosen one anymore. And he comes across a few different people. They join his crew. It's like four or five guys. And one of them is just this big green, like, orc of an alien. And he's just kind of like, hey, can I join you? And they're like, yeah, come on on. Come, come on. And that's just, he never really gets a personality. He's just big, dumb, green orc alien. And Optimus and Wheelie and a couple others are just like, he's cool. Yeah, I like that guy. He's pretty handy in a fight. Hmm. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, more of that. I'm down with more of that, you know? Yeah. But every time you try to bring them goddamn humans in, it's a whole thing. It's just a messy thing. Mm-mm-mm-mm. It's, it's, to me, it's, uh, whenever IDW brought in the humans, it always suffered from, uh, Jack Bauer-itis is the, is the phrase I would word, use. Because Jack Bauer from 24, good old Kiefer Sutherland, he saved the country and I don't know, the world? Eight times in a row? And each time they would start the season off and they're like, he's on the run. We don't trust him. He's a traitor. And it's just like, Y'all need to have, like, just this, like, get-out-of-jail-free card for Jack Bauer. Like, y'all know he saved the world (laughs) after having a heart attack and getting shot five times after cutting his son-in-law's arm off with an axe. Maybe y'all just trust him? I don't know. And whenever Optimus Prime shows up, G.I. Joe tries to, like, kill him, and you're just like... Maybe, I don't know, let Mecha Jesus do his thing. Maybe. Just, he is our savior, so. He is our savior, yeah. you know? And half the time, he just shows up and he's just like, freedom is the right of all sentient. And they shoot him in the heart. And they're like, come on. Actually, that out. lines up with Jesus' story, too, so. Yeah, I know. I'm tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want it no more. I just don't want it no more. I would just like it if the established hero would show up and everybody would be like, step back, yo. He's going to do his thing. Then he gets it done faster and we could move on to the next story. Yes. yes so we got to sit through this bull crap where he's got to prove his intentions to everybody again. Because everybody's being a bunch of Daniels about it. A bunch it. of Daniels. Ugh. In Transformer world, their president is Daniel. Yep. 
Absolutely. <laughs> so that was my anti-Daniel rant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't quite have anything else lined up after that, so tag your it. Oh, yeah, that's okay. Um, that, that manga was just that one contained thing, right? Uh, there's two volumes. Oh, two volumes. Two volumes, yeah. So that was volume two I read. Volume one was still mostly kind of like normal generation one, the regular characters that we know. Um, volume two is where it's mostly the, the Japanese continuity. And there's, there's a lot of big differences at that point and things get confusing. Mm. So yay. Yep, yep. You get a lot of uh, a lot of the Japanese tropes, where you get a lot of like the the you get this one guy and he merges with another guy and they become the God Slayer or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. you get a lot of those great titles. That's just kind of like I don't know if it means the same thing over there as it does. You know, where they're just like God Force Annihilator, and you're like, oh, okay, that's good, that's good, yeah. Yeah. The and the weird thing is like the main villain at that point is like Devil Zed, and like it's this it's basically the Eye of Sauron. Uh, it it doesn't have its own corporeal form, but it's the motivator. But it doesn't really you never see it do anything in the books. They just keep on saying like we are now more powerful because of Devil Zed, and you're like, okay, I guess I gotta take your word for it. <laughs> Fine, be that way. <laughs> <laughs> if you and, say so if you say so but like galvatron is hanging out for a little while and then he just goes into space buggers off and then you're like bye see you galvatron yeah it's like everybody takes these weird vacations and you're just kind of like okay see ya there's a there's a war but i guess you're fighting that war in space but the but the narration doesn't want to show you that. So all I can imagine is that like Optimus and Galvatron and Hot Rod are all on like Ryza and they're all just having drinks and fucking or something, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> having drinks and fucking <laughs> You're on Ryza, that's what you're gonna do. This is now the Star Trek uh, Transformers merge continuity. Yeah, that's the first thing that I thought of. Which, you know, has been established. How do robots fuck? Well, in the IDW world, they definitely alluded to it, but they didn't show it. Hmm. I guess we go to Tumblr for that, don't we? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's plenty of fan fiction over there. But they probably have, like, fleshy cocks or something. It's just like... Yeah, in those they do. In those yeah. they do. Yeah, I don't know. You know, so in the Star Trek... Tra- we're going this way now. Yeah, In the Star Trek happening. Transformers crossover, the Enterprise gets kind of merged with Fortress Maximus and is kind of like a, a headmaster. And the person who controls is, is Captain Kirk. And so the name they gave that was Fortress Tiberius. And I would like to applaud that rider and buy that toy now. But what I would love, to, and I think uh, Trypticon, the giant T-Rex, uh, turns into like a Klingon vessel. And you're like, yeah, it's okay. It's not quite clever. But um, what I wonder is, what would Deep Space Nine turn into? And what would it be renamed as? 
Since this is also the porn continuity, Deep Space Nine works pretty well too. That's true. Yes. So what would it what would it be combining with exactly? Not a combiner. It's like a it's its own transformer. I mean, oh, it's oh oh oh. If Deep Space huge. Nine was a transformer. If Deep Space Nine was a transformer. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. 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 Hmm. Also, you could always have a Borg cube. That'd be a Decepticon. And assimilating is very sexual. Oh yeah. <laughs> No, of course it is. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> the board cube tries to simulate Deep Space Nine, and Deep Space is Nine is like, are you ready? Because this is going to be deep. Deep Space is Nine is what I heard you say, which I kind of like. <laughs> deep Space is Nine. Hmm. I think, the, I think this well's already run dry. <laughs> Sometimes I'll listen back on our podcast while I'm editing and think of ideas and be like, God damn it. Like, there's just a part of me that then wants to, like, get back on to, you know, chat with you and then be like, all right, we're hashing this fucking shit out right now and I'm editing it in. (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha. We can always have, like, mini-sodes to latch on. Sure, yeah. Ooh, I just had an idea. What's that? The Autobots have a group of combiners named the Protectobots. They could be the safe sex educators of the Transformers world. Very cute. I like yeah. that. Safe, and the thing is, safe sextobots. Safe sextobots. <laughs> and they, the thing is, they transform into like you know ambulance and like uh, it's not a fire truck, but it's like a medical fire truck. That doesn't make sense. I don't know. Well, yeah, and first it, responders. Yeah, are it's a usually, first responder. Yeah, yeah, firefighters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it'd be great if like somebody was, if a Daniel was about to have unprotected sex and you just hear these sirens get louder and louder and they show up and they pull out, they transform and pull out their guns and they're like, hold up there, buddy. You wrap it up. <laughs> One turns into like a phallic object that looks like a condom. One's like a dental dam. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> dental damnatus. <laughs> Damnatron. Damnatron. <laughs> <laughs> it's the sex police, but in Transformers. Mm-hmm. Whoop, whoop, sex police. Yeah. There was a sex police in um, sex criminals. Yes, yes, yes. But I don't know why that no... took me so long to, <laughs> to say. <laughs> there were no Transformers. My brain was going, sex criminals. Say sex criminals. <laughs> Hello, is this thing on, Daniel? Daniel, are you Daniel. there? Daniel. <laughs> now let's talk more about how Michelle Forbes is a fox. <laughs> and Megan Fox is a fox? Yeah, Megan Fox is fine. She's, I mean, technically she is fine, but she yeah, is she's fine. Fine. She's fine. Now, who is this person that you think is also fine? I don't really know her. Google Michelle Forbes. You've seen her. I'm sure I have. You know who she is. Okay, now I recognize her. Just looking at her as a woman, for some reason, just like a generic, like, hi, I'm a human, mm-hmm. I had no fucking idea who she is. Gotcha. <laughs> but you put that just like that little bit of prosthetic on her and carve out those eyebrows, and I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> There's, uh, the, the episode I saw her in, they did this whole thing where uh, everybody lost their memory. And, uh, you know, it's kind of funny because they're trying to figure out, like, what are we, who's in charge? Who's doing what? And Worf is like, I am, of course, the leader. 
and we have to do what I say. Um, but uh, Ensign Rose starts hanging out with uh, Riker. And the thing is, they hate each other at the start of the episode. And then the more time they spend together with no memories, they're like, hey, hey. Yeah, usually if you hate somebody in the beginning, that means you're going to bone later. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they, they bone later. And then there's like do. a scene where uh, Deanna Troy is trying to figure out, like, I have memories of good feelings with Riker. And uh, <coughs> then by the end, they get their memories. And Ensign Rowe and Deanna Troy are together at 10 forward having a drink. And they look at, like, Riker. And he's like, uh-oh. It's and it's just, just like... A little crush. <laughs> well, no, and it's just that I guess they're like having girl talk about like, oh, that guy, he played us both. And it's just like, not really. But sure, that's your fault for liking a Riker. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to Dana Troy, there were so many signs that she needed to back off because he was not going to give her what she needed. And she mm-hmm. just kept going. Just and kept look, going. We've made that mistake where we pursue people who are just not going to be a good fit for what we ultimately want, and yet we just keep going back again and again. Mm-hmm. It happens. But, girl, you got to move on and get to that Beverly Crusher. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> get to that Bevmo. Yo. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't get Commander Riker. I mean, like, yeah. I'm okay with the character. He's a fine officer. It's all right. But, like, as a person, he annoys me. And I'm not even saying the actor. I'm just saying the character of Riker. Because yeah. so many times he puts on, like, serious voice. And he's talking down to, like, other officers. And it's just like, oh, shut your trap, William. Ugh. William. Number one. Just shut it. I think it's the way he sits in chairs that is the appeal. Yeah, that's a big that's a big problem right there, yeah. Oh, I think it's his appeal. Oh, it's his appeal. Yeah, because oh. he defies the, the rules of sitting in chairs and therefore yeah. he's got that bad boy edge. He's got that overleg mount. Yeah. Yeah, that overleg mount they're like overleg mount me. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. <laughs> What's the opposite of sexual attraction? sexual repulsion yes yes we, that's what you're feeling right now yes we we just had enough sexual repulsion there that we went into like warp nine instantly <laughs> uh, look i'm not saying that i'm like a pro riker situation i'm just trying to you know deconstruct the allure of a riker because He's not somebody you marry. That's why in the Picard show, it doesn't make any sense that they got married Yeah, to me. Riker's somebody that you maybe have a good time with and then you're like, oh, yeah, no, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to do that again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But then maybe you get a little drunk one night and you're like, oh, maybe just one more time. (laughs) Maybe just one more time. One more time. He is good with the trombone. (laughs) He's, he's, He's like Bill Clinton. Oh, sexual repulsion just went to War Factor 10. (laughs) We're breaking the warp barrier. It's like that other episode with the alien that, like, messed up their warps and they went beyond the known universe. Yes, that's right. I remember that episode. Yeah, Yeah, that's exactly what just happened here. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing Uh, says sexual repulsion like Bill Clinton, so. 
This is gross. We've like anti-smutted somehow. We did. We did. I don't know how we've done that. How how did we get to here? Was it the Daniel curse or? The the Daniel curse. It's real. It's real. That Daniel energy is is here in this podcast right now. It's a space-time anomaly is what it is. It's it's such a space time anomaly that it's making me create this nightmare question. What if all Q appearances were replaced, and that actor was instead Bill Clinton? Oh God. Yeah. Uh. Well, for one, I don't believe that Bill Clinton would have that level of intelligence. I just don't mm-hmm. get that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a corrupt politician, sure, and they have certain skill sets, but like. They're no Q. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like Q's playing a, a game of chess. Yeah. I don't like it. What if Q <laughs> just turned into a cute bulldog? How about Ooh. that? Bulldog or... Oh, Pitbull. Sorry. I want Pitbull. that big square meaty face. Yeah, meaty face. Yeah. <laughs> what if every episode of Star Trek was just this Pitbull showing up, not even speaking, and Captain Picard being like, ah. <laughs> And that's it. He's just really excited. That's the end of the episode. Yeah, exactly. That's a whole episode. See, my brain went to like, you know, a telepathic dog. And like, if you beat whatever the the telepath has come up with, chess game wise, you get to pet his his tummy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody is lining up to play that chess game at that point. That's right. Now it's an exciting game. Now it's an exciting game. The belly of a cute pups. Mm hmm. Yes. (laughs) It's dogs and dicks on this podcast. That's what you get with us. Dog trick. (laughs) Dog trick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that would be cute if they were wearing their little shirts. The Mm -hmm, yellow mm -hmm. and the red and blue. A little medical bay pup. Oh, yeah. Medical pup. Yeah. I like that all of our fan fiction just turns into anthropomorphic shit. Like we had our crustacean high and... Mm-hmm. Now I've got dog trek. <laughs> we this was a long winding road to get the dog trek. Okay, it's true. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but it naturally unfolded right here on. We should write this down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's it. That's all. What? That's all the uh, fan fiction we have. No. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of dog would Data be? Oh, ooh. That weird looking dog that's like the target dog, you know, with the long snout. What are those oh, dogs yeah. called? Let yeah, that'd be that'd be a good data. Cause it's like it's it's like it looks like a dog, but like not. Let me see what kind of dog it is. They are miniature bull terrier. The Google search just says that uh, Bullseye, formerly known as Spot, is a miniature bull terrier and the official mascot of Tajay. Oh, I see that. Yeah. See, it's a weird, a weird looking dog. So I think that works. Yes. It's like, it's like a sphinx cat. It's like, yeah, technically it's a cat. He's on a quest to figure out what it is like to be a real dog. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And is essentially the main character of the show at that point. Right. I always figured Data's the main character. Yeah. I mean, it's Captain Picard. 
most of the time and then everybody gets their features but like more often than not it comes back to the discussion of what it means to be human and you use a data for that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you compile as much data as you can about so, what yes. it is to be human via mm -hmm. data's life <gasps> i figured it out <laughs> i cracked the code So are you all the way through uh, Star Trek Next Gen yet? Or are you still... Uh... Oh, no. I'm on like the end of season four, I think. Okay. Maybe it's season five. Yeah, we're well past the Borg and Locuta stuff. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. Like, Worf found his brother. And uh, Beverly Crusher had that whole thing where she fell in love with the Trill and then like he turned into Commander Riker and then they turned into a woman and Bev Crusher was just like I ain't having none of that um <laughs> she, she, wa she was thirsty for the first option she yep. was willing to settle for the Riker option but when, when the Trill turned into a woman she was just like hmm you know what? I'm a little done with this merry-go-round. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, all right, you do you. Last option was way better than the Riker option. But okay. Yeah, but if you're like that heterosexual. I guess. It's just how it has to go. Yeah. yeah and I, yeah. that's why I don't really ship like a, like a Beverly Dana um, thing at all. I could see Dana probably, you know, her college Diana. years, mm -hmm. you know. So she's a little spectrum by, but like Beverly, I feel is pretty hetero. Yeah, yeah. So it makes sense, even if you're like beautiful woman. It's like, yeah, but I just don't, I just can't. Yeah, no, totally get it. It's that. like those boys love that are like, I could be, I could be in love with you, but I couldn't have sex with you because that just right. doesn't work for me. Right. Except right. that now I have a boner. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> womp womp. Womp womp. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Well, I uh, I love this show on Hulu called Pen15. It hits an exact spot for me because okay. I was born in the early 1980s mm -hmm. and my teenage years were in the late 90s and, two and early 2000s that, well, I guess it wasn't necessarily early 2000s, but like around that time. And Pen15 focuses on two middle school kids in the early 2000s, specifically two young girls. And... It just, all those things like the fashion, what people were listening to, how people talked, like all the different things, it it just hits for me in my generation. Us being kind of those like cusper millennial kids, you know? Right. Uh, we're not Gen X, but we're not full Y, you know? So it's that in-between and that awkward time and fashion wasn't great. But I mean, when was it great? I don't. I don't really know, <laughs> but it definitely wasn't great. Butterfly clips in the hair and the, yeah, just all that shit. So I fell in love with Pen15 from that first season. And I, it, the one thing that it did in this, I think it's in the second episode called Oji-chan. So one of the characters name is Maya and she's half Japanese and half white. And then her friend Anna, who is this like tall, lanky, white, blonde haired girl. And they're like, they're best friends, they're codependent, inseparable, obsessed with each other, and getting into, like, I think seventh grade is, they're starting, they're just starting middle school. Mm -hmm. In the second episode, Oji-chan, uh, Maya comes to uh, fruition with her sex drive, 
and is like masturbating furiously. And it's definitely a mature, it's meant for people like me at my age to be watching it. It's not meant for teenagers to be watching it mm-hmm. um, because they, they have a body double at some point or something that they do where they zoom in on the, on Maya's like panties and like you can see her throbbing because she's so horny. Like, it is so fucking hilarious, and it's the only depiction that I've seen of, like, a teenage girl's sexuality and how fucking horny we can be and how we, like, f- just furiously masturbate every chance we get. Because it's always about, like, oh, boys are horny and they're popping boners and, oh, they just want to fuck everything. And it's like, dude, I wanted to fuck everything. <laughs> For a long time. Like, I was a horny child, then I was a horny teen, then I was a horny adult, and now I'm a horny adult adult. Adult adult. I've I've doubled my adultness. Adult squared. Yeah, because once you hit 30, I think you adult adult. So, anyway. (laughs) It's so good. So, I rewatched season one because season two just came out this month. And season two does this thing that I've noticed a lot of season twos do. It's not as funny it kind of gets a little more hard-hitting and takes on some darker uh, stories. It's still comedy. It's still silly, but it's not as slapsticky as the first uh, season. And, like, this happened with Pose. Pose isn't necessarily a comedy by any means. It's a drama. Um, But it had a lot of joyousness because it was focusing on this one character who was all about, like, empowering the community and, like, being this great light. And then in, like, the second season, it just, like, takes this darker tone of, like, people, like, really dealing with, like, the AIDS uh, situation in the 80s and all this shit and, like, people dying because they're being murdered for being trans. Like, it's just sort of, like, I love the show, but, like, it just took a, it took a darker uh, spin where it's, like, I have to be emotionally prepared for it. And I actually cried in uh, Pen15 Season 2 at some point, which is, mm. like, how am I crying at this thing? But Anna's parents are getting divorced and it's like a really shitty divorce. Like the mom and the dad are constantly screaming at each other and and just saying awful things like in front of Anna. And then they're talking about how they need to get like separate houses and who's going to get the kid and da, 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 da. And, you know, the dad, of course, grows his hair out, has a goatee and puts the ring in his ear, which is just like, that's a thing. That's a Mm -hmm. thing for white divorce dudes. I don't know why. Or at least of that, (laughs) maybe that generation. Because my dad did that at one point where he was growing his hair out and put a ring in his ear. It was way later in life, but it was like, okay. It was like the Harrison Ford of the time. Harrison Ford's done the same thing. He's put earrings in his ear. He's, He's got divorced dad look, so. I, I, I'm, I'm unaware of this stage of Harrison Fordness. Oh, yeah. Anytime he has appeared in recent times, he is got the divorced dad look. Like, I'm not surprised if he doesn't have a sports car or a motorcycle oh, or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. Because he's also rich, so he could just buy whatever he wants. So He can, yeah. He also saves people from crashing airplanes, so he can, he can do whatever. Yeah, you know. I mean, you know, you could still do whatever. I just am going to probably judge you, which yeah. everybody does. <laughs> and you just have to not give a fuck what people think and your life will be so much better. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I tried to I tried to make William watch it, but he's a Gen he's a Gen Xer, and so he wouldn't really get any of the references. And mm. also it's teenage girls who are being like weird dorks. So, there's like there's just 
he can't relate in any capacity, really. The right. only reason why I want to push it on him is just to be like, look, little Nicole. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> this is like some of the weirdness that I experienced as like a middle school aged white girl. You know, This is a recording for you to understand me. Yes. Yeah. Yes. On the subject of adult, adult, can we <laughs> rename, can we use the naming conventions of Japanese Transformers, and you are now Super God Adult Force. Super God Adult Force, yeah. Mm -hmm. Although maybe that's what happens in my 40s. Super God Adult Force? Okay, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Because... I've got a few years until I get to Super God Adult Force. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You could, you could wait till that time, um, because you can also become Amazing Divine Adult. Ooh. Um, or Junior Adult. Yes. And... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, junior adult, of... I think, is like twenties. Yes, uh, you could be a commander, adult godmaster, bomber adult. Yes, yes, yes. There's a lot of good, good naming conventions here. I like the commander one. What was that again? I've already forgotten. Great. <laughs> so many. So did I. You said it, and I was like, "That's great." What did it? What did he say? <laughs> One of the things I got, sorry, we're going back to this. Every no, time there's it. a fight scene, they, of course, announce their fighting move. So there's great choke on power, screw bomber escape. And that is what you call it when an adult successfully handles a teenage meltdown. <laughs> nice. Yes, we have names for everything. Every mm -hmm. stage of adulthood. When you think about it. When you become an adult, that's just kind of it. You're just an adult, you know? Like when you're a kid, every year was something pivotal. You know, even when you became a teen, it's like I'm 14 now, I'm 15. That's that right. that much more adult, you know, even though I'm a teen. And then when you become an adult, you're just an adult. Right, cuz so you could be So why not add wonderful Japanese titles to it? Yeah. I mean, you have like preteen and right. like Post-teen, I don't know. Um, Post-teen is the 18 to 21, I think. Because gotcha. now Young in America, adult. we treat 18-year-olds, uh, 19, 20, 21, that we treat them like they're an extension of childhood. We still right. call them kids for some fucking reason. I don't know. <laughs> I think before we get to super god bomber adult, <laughs> we have young adult, medium adult, medium rare adult... <laughs> old adult 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 wait shouldn't it be medium well because it's like medium rare medium okay yeah this yeah medium well done adult okay um adult adult and then we start getting into the more elaborate you know super god jinrai adults yes and storm force adult and divine adult i feel like maybe is your middle age time well, I'm adding Cybertronian years to this process, so I don't know how much middle middle age works anymore. But we could work with it. We could create a full timeline. I call most things middle age now. I think 50 to 70 is middle age, and then 70 to whenever you die is elderly. Uh, can we call 70... Let's call maybe 65 to 75 elderly... And then 75 and above, old as balls. <laughs> old as droopy balls? Well, now we can add a whole system of <laughs> ball droopage. How droopy are your balls? Well, first, how old are you? Right. How, how good is your health? How good is your <laughs> mental clarity? 
This all goes into the factoring how droopy you are as a ball. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. Anyway. Well, are we at the the end of this uh, merry-go-round? Yes. Yes, I believe we are. Are we going to jump out of a building to get off of this merry-go-round? Probably. Burst through some glass, perhaps. Yes. yes. <laughs> Depression era way to end the episode. Um, <laughs> Bringing it down, just like we always do. Let's get some hot sucker proxy references in here. I'm sure everyone <laughs> will get that. So, quick plug. It's uh, if you would like to support us, me, whatever. Me is us. We is one. You're supporting all of us. We is one. Um, you can check out trustyhenchman.com. You can find my reviews, my articles, my rants there. On the header, you'll find links to all my other social media, including my Patreon. For $3 a month, uh, you get a weekly newsletter, which is chock full of information, and I do the news filtering that you don't want to do because damn there's a lot of bull crap out there to work through and uh you got lots of other stuff and you can you could do different levels of the patreon thank you for listening and uh awkward goodbye time now okay bye bye <laughs> bye bye, bye. <laughs> okay <laughs>